review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy, Todd Hastings. Todd Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. Oh, yeah. This is Dylan now. You're. I'm also Dylan Gott. I'm the better Dylan Gott. My name is Dylan Hunt. I'm Skylar Hastings, John's sister he didn't know about, and we had sex. <laughs> yeah. What? Skylar? Yeah. What? what I do is my name's Skylar, and I find out who's my related to me, and then I fuck them. <laughs> That's what I do. I don't know, man. Because <laughs> why? I'm a, I'm a super villain, but only in the <laughs> weirdest way. It's like, oh fuck, gross. Yeah. Anyway, bye. <laughs> Skyler out. We're doing Bob Backlund this week. <laughs> I think that's the weirdest way a show has ever started. Yeah. We're doing, like, <laughs> yeah. We're we're doing Bob Backlund. No, actually, it's pretty appropriate. Bob Backlund, uh, who. Signs off every um, phone call with his daughter with uh, positive mental attitude, PMA. They don't say I love you at the end. They say PMA. I mean, that definitely means she spent some time with him about a three quarters of an inch away from her nose just going, be I fucking better. I am torn as to whether Bob Backlund is terrifying or he's just like a, a charming creep all the old school guys even i can't get i can't get record of anyone saying anything shitty about him except for superstar billy graham superstar billy graham's like this guy was a fucking loser whereas rick flair's like oh bob backland was okay which means to me it's like you were all scared of bob backland like bob backland just like wrote like bought one of the first video cameras and just recorded what you guys did and was like if you say anything i'll show the police aha i killed jimmy snooker's girlfriend just to prove <laughs> i'd believe that <laughs> that mat wrestling is I'm the more appropriate he, just, way. he calls himself oh, yeah. an all-american boy i'm not saying man boy as a 45-year-old man in 1992, he was like, I'm a boy. <laughs> it's just so terrifying. Does a man have his mom come over and change his diaper? Because I'm a boy and I do that. Ooh, time for breakfast. Mummy sucks my dick. I'm a boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm, get the milk for my cereal out of my testicles, mummy. Baby bird my milk into the cereal. Make it salty. I mean, this is the creepiest. I like it. That's that's what his character should have been when he managed Kurt Angle. It's made even that Graham K is literally one thin sliding door away, and the door is open, so he just heard me say "baby bird semen." Oh, there's cereal context. You're no talking context to me. <laughs> You're not at fault. <laughs> oh, also, to the cum monkey that uh, made fun of Graham K's loads on Twitter. Keep it up. That was really good stuff. That really made my day. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ah, ah, oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Um, so Bob Backlund grew up poor and did sports. Basically, what I actually think is Bob Backlund is liked by other wrestlers because he's a really good Matt wrestler. He's not liked by superstar Billy Graham because we'll get to it in a second. But that's why I think the other wrestlers like him is he's just good in the ring. And also, he was the first WWF, WWF champion that was... Um, athletic and could actually wrestle. Every other WWF champion was Bruno or Pedro Morales or Superstar, and that literally just was like, oh, you're going into the ring with a yeah, piece, a piece of, of wood. wood. Who? No, I mean not with Superstar Billy Graham, but certainly with Bruno San Martino, who was like, and then I go over. Yeah, and then bro, I go over. Okay, okay. Here's tomatoes. I got your tomatoes, and then, and then I. Bear hug you, and then uh, I get my guma to suck me because that's a guma's job. My wife would never touch my penis with her mouth. I want some gabagool. That, like, that time was not that long. The 1960s was the first like big, the blowjob suddenly arrived yeah, our, in North our America. Paris. Isn't that crazy? Getting sucked and sucking people off. When do you think the uh, so this was so this era is the ass eating? We're like we're gonna have to sit our grandkids down and be like. Ass eating is second base for me now. Ass eating was five years ago or three years ago. It's now we're 
it's now threesomes. Oh, it's threesomes. Yeah, threesomes are the like. That's the thing that single people are saying to people in relationships now. Of like, just had a threesome. Just had a threesome. Just had a threesome. How did we miss this? <laughs> um, I haven't missed it. I'm well aware of it. Uh, have you ever had your ass eaten, Dylan? Uh, no, I'm too fat for that to be comfortable with it. I've had the offer. I have never taken anyone up on it because just too much weird, weird uh, spare poo back there. <laughs> They're gonna. Th- they're going to find shit from 1982 in there. You know what I mean? I was born in 85. That was three years before my shit. I, I disagree. I've, you're, you're have ass- you had your ass eaten? Uh, you know, some people have gotten lost down there. So, yeah, you had, you had, a, you had your turd got fucking licked. That's sick. Yeah. I'm not on a clean... Have I? No, I don't think... I don't think... Were you standing? Were you bent over? Were you, uh, were you, were you full menaging? What were you doing? No, it wasn't... It wasn't wasn't like I've I've gotten some I've had some taint action no asshole licking oh I've had a couple of fingers up there that's very nice and um, you've had a couple fingers up there a couple different people's fingers or one lady putting a bunch of fingers up there all of those ooh well they got small hands my wife has big hands I don't want my ass to fucking get ruined the first time you know yeah no it's one of those things where it's you are very unsure if you're gonna like it and then you're like that's good stuff I like that a lot. I had it happen once, and it was just I was very aware someone was in my butt. I was not relaxed at all, John. It was not the right. She was like, how does it feel? I was like, I'm very aware you're in there right now. <laughs> and I feel like <laughs> I just, uh, the whole time I was just like, that. her hand is going to smell terrible. Like, I was not in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, here's the thing with your ass, is you have a classic Irishman's body in that, uh, it's it's contoured and beautiful uh, in the front and in the back it's flat like you're at like oh very flat i have nothing for a like for a big man you have no ass like i don't know where this excess shit is hiding there's there's no place for it to that's go that's what i mean that's why it's all slid up and down there if i take a big shit i got to just i just got to fucking throw my ass out you know what i mean you can use that thank you uh, that's why i feel like if you you're a prime candidate for getting rimmed <laughs> There's nowhere for the caca to hide. Well, maybe I think that rimming would have to be something I'd cheat for. I don't think my wife's going to rim me. Real. I give it a couple of years. I feel like she'll be Especially like. Especially the way I want to be rimmed where I sit on her face. Oh, you like she lays down. You sit on yeah. it. And, and, but I'm not squatting. Like I, my knees can't take that. I full <laughs> like she's dead. <laughs> like you're, you're jumping on her face. And as you land on her face, you're just going lick your way to freedom. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, and then she's yelling at me, but there's a bit of tongue action. And I'm like, ooh, that's good. And that's her last. That's the last thing she does. And she dies. And then I tell the cops like, yeah, we just uh, she licked my ass. And then I go for a fist pound. They say she's dead. And I'm like, oh, sick. And then I uh, cry or whatever, but like mostly I'm just I gotta go jack off because I'm still hard from the ass eating. You're a weird guy. Also, I like <laughs> that you actually timed a l- sucking on a vape right then for that. That was not sucking on a vape. That was just a hard, heavy pan imagining what it'd be like. <sighs> oh, that sounded like he was sucking on a vape. <sighs> <laughs> I just vaped. Oh, oh I just funny. vaped in your ass. <laughs> That's what I. I wish I would have vaped while I was single, so I could have said that. But, you know, I I didn't. Have you ever vaped in someone's asshole? (laughs) I will now. Vaping is not a very decadent thing. If you have have sex, then immediately after you vape, you now negated the sex. You have not, you did not have sex. Oh, you because with each vape, are you wor- you're are you stepping closer to being? A yeah, virgin? exactly. I'm retaking my virginity. That's good stuff. I started caring a lot about my Madden franchise, and I vape. I'm going back into the womb gradually. Yeah, I like that. Here's something fun. We, I think, I, I feel like no. I mean, I feel like we would be okay uh, on the road with wrestlers. Like for sure, they'd be like Raz or whatever. And they'd probably talk a bunch of shit, but like we'd get drunk, so we'd be fine. This is what fascinates yeah. me about Bob Backlund. There's one time some wrestlers apparently were smoking a joint in a car, and Bob Backlund says, put the goddamn joint out. They didn't. So he was like, we'll pull over, I'll walk home. They did. He walked home. Eight hours. He's fucking insane. He's, that's fucking crazy. But again, he's what he is, is he's one of those guys that I'm going to prove this point. That's all he is, really. Yeah, but... I'm going to prove a point to you. I guess, but I mean, like, 
it kind of falls in line with a lot of stuff about Bob that Bob Backlund says I don't believe. Like, we'll get some stuff later on, especially in his first WWF run. I mean, goddammit, in his second WWF run as well. But Bob, like, the that story I do believe because he had, like, a super... He grew up on a farm. His dad was a abusive drinker. He was shitty in school. Uh, he has... Of course. He has a friend die of leukemia. Like, the first friend he ever has dies of leukemia. But And for those of you keeping track at home, yes, the friend was a dog. And yes, um, Bob caused the leukemia by putting him in a cross-face gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like Jimmy Snuka. You met him in a gym, they fell in love, and they were just friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he still he like he's a seventy year old man almost, and he still calls everyone sir and calls himself the all American boy. Yeah, because to him he is the, he made it, and also probably he has um, um, a variety of PTSD from living in a one room shack, being super poor. Sports was his outlet, and anytime anyone came into the door, he was like, "Oh God, I hope that's not my drunk dad." <laughs> I'm a boy. I'm a little fucking boy. If I stay a boy, daddy can't hit a boy. Daddy can hit a man. <laughs> or a woman. Daddy hit mommy. I'm so sorry. I don't I didn't mean to laugh after no, that. No, you should have. No, you should have. No, 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 Dylan. It's fine. No, John, be yourself. No, that's what this, we, that's what the skit we cast be is on about. Saturday Night Live. No, <laughs> no. I mean that is well past us, John. Disagree. I here's our my plan with this podcast is to be so controversial they have to hire us on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I don't know why these I don't know why this thousand people are yelling "Come, come, come" at the studio, but we better hire these two different versions of dudes that send you racist emails. <laughs> these racist email forwards come to life. We need to hire them. Yeah, one of them is statistical, and the other one it's just they did it. Ooh. Let's get naked. Bob Backlund started wrestling <laughs> after he got naked at a gym and was talking to superstar Billy Graham in the show. Oh, hey, here's a good idea. You'll be a wrestler after I wash your dick with my mouth. <laughs> okay. Um, that's actually... <laughs> here's how you first. Th- here's the first uh, tip to being a wrestler. Uh, you got to let me see it, and then you got to let me suck it, and then you got to... St- Boop on the ground, and then I lick it up like a doggy. Then you're a wrestler. I'm really surprised that in porn, I've never heard someone say, let me wash your dick with my mouth. Well, that's because they don't have my creative mindset, and I will be... How do you get to write for Pornhub? That seems like a sick job. I mean, you just move to Montreal, as far as I understand it, and then you can write for Pornhub. Like, I don't mean to sound like the, the world's worst comedian, but legitimately, it must be like... Uh, how about one where... Uh He's uh, mad at his boss, and his boss sucks him off, or she's the boss, too, and the, he, the guy eats her out or something? I don't know. <laughs> You're a genius. It's legitimately a job. You know a guy that worked uh, at a porn company. We both do. Patrick Hakim, he got uh, fired for being too uh, misogynist. Fired from Brazzers. No. Yep. But he said at that point... He really wanted to quit because it was, it's going to sound insane, but here's what writing for Brazzers is. They put you in, this was like years ago. I don't know how long ago this was, but he's like, it was before, certainly computers at a desk were a thing, but they would, you would literally sit there for eight hours with a notepad. You would literally sit there with a notepad, no computer for eight hours, and they would be like, write stuff. That's what they wanted you to do. And it was before smartphones had taken off really, I think, so you didn't even have that. It was just stare straight ahead. Like, it was not like, it sounds weird to say, but it's like, (laughs) Brazzers was a really creatively stifling uh, environment. I got to tell you, that makes sense. He's a very sweet man. There's only so many times where it could be like, and then you fuck. Well, you're right. Like, think of all the things, I don't know. How many, is there one unique scene of people banging that you can possibly think of that's cheap? Uh, yes, and it has to start with let me wash your mouth with my uh, let me wash your dick with my mouth. That would be like you'd be like, whoa. How about this one? Female garbage man. She just finds a naked man in the uh, <laughs> garbage, and it turns out it's like a dead body. Like there's a zero killer's house, and he's just gotten sloppy, and she sucks his dead dick. How does that sound? I wouldn't watch it because I don't like the idea of a dead dick being sucked. But if she just but then he comes live, he's like ah. 
oh god what do i do and she's like you lay down he goes "Ooh, yeah and then they fuck in the garbage can <laughs> i mean I- <laughs> and he starts weeping he's like my wife did she know i'm missing and she's like eat my ass and he goes oh yeah <laughs> Like, he keeps on flashing. <laughs> he keeps on going from classic porn guy to guy who's like, oh, my God, I've been missing for weeks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just think that you should apply for a job at, at Mind Geek in Montreal, which is all those porn companies as a writer. I will. Sorry, I, c- I can't do your uh, little comedy show. I'm <laughs> writing down weird things for teens to do. <laughs> I mean, but of all my friends, like even the, that garbage can scenario, they would definitely make that. Well, you gotta think. Take you gotta think low trash. budget. <laughs> take it out the trash in your ass. <laughs> ass trash. My name is Dylan God. I came up with the very popular series Ass Trash. <laughs> <laughs> ass trash or trash? Give me your trash ass. <laughs> you'd you'd put a spin on Bang Bros that would or Bang Bus? Pardon me. That would bring it back to prom. Yeah, exactly. You find women and men in the garbage. I think that's good. <laughs> what? I'm living in this garbage. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've been talking for 17 minutes and not about Bob back. No, because you made a spousal abuse joke and I tried to distract it with ash trash. <laughs> I didn't make a spousal abuse joke. I made a social satire. Oh, that is true. Point. You satired everybody. Satire is when you are uh, being not funny. You're not funny and you need to explain to people it was a joke as quickly as possible. That's how I think of satire. Change the world, John. Satire. Yeah. Uh, it was satire. You just don't understand the uh... societal norms. And we were challenged. You know what? Uh, all right. So, no, we should fucking talk about slob backland. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to make a Sandinistas joke. The year is 1973. <laughs> Bob Backlund was uh, approached by superstar Billy Graham in a gym, and after Billy Graham and Bob Backlund sucked each other's off, suck each other off in the shower there you and go. stall, um, uh, they, uh, Bob Backlund got into wrestling. He was trained by Eddie Sharkey and made his debut for the American Wrestling Association in 1973. Backlund was a clean-cut and technical uh, wrestler that, uh, of course, Vern Gagne was like, ah, very good. An empty vessel that I can uh, fill with my ideas. Not realizing <laughs> that Bob Backlund was already filled with ideas so weird we don't even know what they are. Yeah, pretty much. He's He started crazy. Like, he's... If he if he was around now, he would probably have like a mental health teddy bear he carried around all the time just because of how horrible his childhood sounds. He seems like the type of guy who he was a he grew up on a farm with an alcoholic father, so his brain broke at 10 because of the abuse and he never really recovered. From that and then his best friend dying of leukemia like as soon as he was a boy. <laughs> he became good at wrestling this is what Bob Backlund's dad thinks love is. That's true. Yeah, he thinks it's Bob. He thinks it's nutting really loud. Yeah, he thinks this, this, that was me. That wasn't farce. That was me nutting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of nut getting out of a real small hole, so it makes that sound. I got a, I got a, th- I got a thin dick hole, but a wide. Yeah, head. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, all right, Bob Backlund. We're back on topic here. Uh, he was an all-American. My penis looks like a squirt. Go he ahead. became good at sports. Basically, one day, judging from how he was no, this yoked, is we, this is how we became good at sports. Can't do sports in my house. Keep doing sports. Don't have to go home. That's what it is. That's actually very. That's very true. If I do all the running, then Daddy can push me. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> that's a, what a horrible prison he grew up in, and it shaped the rest of his life. Yeah. Bearing the fact that Bob Backlund supposedly um, always moves all the furniture out of his hotel room so he can do his exercises. What is he does Harvard step test and squats. He does like 1930s exercises. Yeah, he does the like, hey, hi, uh, hey, yeah. uh, the, what the hell is that thing? The, um, it's the thing from The Simpsons that Mr. Burns makes everyone do. The hi, yeah, yeah. In the episode, the Homer gets fat. The hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too high, yeah. Yeah, he does that. Um, 
as you said, he debuts for the AWA, so people are taking him seriously immediately. That is because he was an All-American wrestler, um, so he gets in through Eddie Sharkey. He traveled uh, around basically losing, as this is by his own words. He lost a bunch of matches just so people would... He was proving to people that he would be a good sport, essentially. That's what they do with a lot of amateur wrestlers. Kurt Angle um, also vouches for that. And basically what he talks about is his first big break is a draw he has with uh, Terry Funk. Imagine them planning a match, though. All right, Bob. Uh, What do you want to do there, buddy? Uh, Mr. Funk, I think it would be appropriate if you put me in a front-facing chin lock and we remain there for 45 minutes. (laughs) I think we're going to have to do something a bit more action-packed there, Bob. Very well. One wrist lock. Only one. I transition to a wrist lock, and then we shake hands, and then the rest of the time we instruct people on how to build your own furniture. Yes, we let everyone know that it's it's uh, uh, the smartest thing you could ever do is just to uh, sit and uh, and breathe nice air. <laughs> so. Uh, Bob talks very highly of the Funks, uh, saying they gave him an opportunity when others wouldn't. Of course, um, this is, of course, the opportunity he gets one year into wrestling. You deserve an opportunity one year into your new career. This is how things happen in wrestling, though. Like, he's he's an amateur champion. Everyone loves him immediately. Um, He's traveling with Andre, who he had the move. I'm so... Shocked that no one ever thought of this. No one else ever thought of this. Sorry, but Andre the Giant would get real drunk, and then Bob would just say he's going to the bathroom, and then he would uh, leave. <laughs> he would just do that every single time. Man, what does it say about both of us and every wrestler that none of us thought of that? I didn't think of that. I just assumed that you had to stay because Andre was really tall, and so he's able to see if you went out the door. No, he's just like so hammered though. Like Andre the Giant. Yeah, of course he is. Andre the Giant's body was Bob Backlund's childhood to him. Yeah, that's the other thing, by the way, is everyone's like, oh, Andre the Giant, he could drink so much. It's like, you could drink 100 beers, too. You'll just be the most fucked up ever. So it's like, he was still really drunk. He was just, he could handle it slightly better than the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He also was an alcoholic. No one ever talks about that. They just talk about the size of him. They were like, oh, he could drink all these beers. Like, my Uncle Wayne can put away a 2-4, and statistically, he's 110 pounds, so Andre can't drink. I like It's one of those things where, it's, yeah, again, but getting your family involved in a drinking contest is a real fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's like getting the Lesners involved in a trapping a woman contest. Yeah, it's yeah, getting the Lesners involved in a make sure that the woman believes that you're God contest. <laughs> Move her to the woods. That's step one. That's not. It's not even say hi. Move her to the woods before you say hi. Yeah. Have one drink. You water her whatever she likes. You. Uh, step two. Say, oh, let's drive to the restaurant. Drive her to the woods. Say the restaurant <laughs> to the woods. Make her dinner. <laughs> the restaurant's really secluded and the doors are locked and you're mine now. Yolo. How often do you think Sable just thinks of Mark Marrow and is like, oh, that wasn't so bad, and then Brock just walks in and demands to know why there's a phone near his house? (laughs) I I think she's fine with it. I want to believe she's fine with it. We've talked enough about, like, horrible things happening to families. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that. But it's, like, it's o- it's over 20 minutes in now, and we've mentioned that, like, six times. It's because Bob Ackland's entire childhood was literally just the scream of a man, the shout of a woman, and then the sob of a boy who knows the rules to lacrosse. <laughs> So in 1975, uh, Beautiful Bob works for Georgia Championship Wrestling. He works with Jerry Briscoe to win the Georgia Tag Team Championship. So this is how seriously they're taking him two years into his wrestling career, that he's winning a title um, with Jerry Briscoe. And I neglected to mention this, but he beats Terry Funk for a title. So Because, again, the thing that they don't talk about in the Territory Wrestling Days, which is is they essentially had the balance that ECW did, which is like they'd have the blood and guts. The NWA added it, which like you'd have the like the keynote match, you'd always have the tag team match, and then you'd literally have just a bunch of essentially collegiate athletes wrestling each other for ten minutes every show, 
And Bob Backlund, Jerry Briscoe, Jack Briscoe, the Funk Brothers, hilariously, were all guys that fit that mold in that they weren't actually brawlers. They were, they're going to get in there and you're going to see this pretty spectacular athletic contest between um, any variety of these wrestlers. And Bob Backlund, because of his size and his experience, was arguably one of the better versions of that type of wrestler of that type of time, which is why all the territories really wanted to use him. Uh, and why also uh, he headed back up to, or headed for the first time, pardon me, to New York in 1978. 77. Nail that? 77. Damn it. Sorry. My notes that had the dates on it moved while I was giving that hilariously poignant ring. Ooh, poignant, satirical, John Hastings. Yeah. Informative. Come. <laughs> But importantly, he starts wrestling in St. Louis for Sam Mushnick. Now, Sam Mushnick was, wasn't he the head of the NWA board at this time? Sam Mushnick? I I get so confused. We're going to say he was. Anyway, he was very, he was very, very important to the NWA board at the very least. Bob Backlund beats Harley Race to win the NWA Missouri Heavyweight Championship, and he loses the title to Jack Briscoe uh, shortly thereafter. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, this is what Bob says, um, would take, like every wrestler says, take it with a grain of salt, but Bob basically says that there were three people in discussion to win the title. There was, um, to win the NWA title, uh, I should say, was there was Harley Race, Jack Briscoe, and Backlund himself. Everyone was deadlocked between Briscoe. Race and Backland, Vince McMahon Sr. came down from New York, voted that Harley Race should win the NWA title, and then took Bob Backland up to New York. Do you believe that, John? Yes, I kind of do, actually. Because this is interesting because Bruno, if, yeah. It's again, it's ch- he's transitioning and changing over his territory. So let me get the chronology right. Bruno's out again. Yes. This is, Bruno's out. And he's Superstars the champion. He's bringing in a champion to beat Superstar. Is that correct? No. Superstar's on the rise, um, but he's not. Um, I think he, yeah, Superstar's going to win the title from Bruno because they're doing like a switch giving it to Bruno. They're basically giving it to Bruno so Superstar can beat him and having like an eight-month, ten-month title reign with Superstar. Because Superstar's title reign was not that What's long. Yeah. But everyone remembers uh, it being longer than Backlund's just because of how influential that guy was rather than Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund was the last of a dying breed at this point because if I am to believe it was between him, Jack Briscoe, and Harley Race, it was basically like the old guy who was the shooter who was a clean-cut guy, the new guy who was a clean-cut shooter, or let's go a different way. Basically being like, this guy is a shooter... This guy's not an amateur wrestler, basically. For the first time, we're going to have a guy who's not an amateur wrestler be the NWA uh, heavyweight champion. Not the first time, but like, you know what I mean. Protecting the belt, yeah, it's Harley Race, though. It's a couple of things. One, Harley Race, the NWA, uh, again, this is going to be a, a, a bit of a complicated explanation, but there's long been the narrative that Vince McMahon was the first person to do takeovers and all that sort of stuff. That's not true. The NWA was consistently under attack, especially in this period. And one of the ways that they would do it is they tried to get the belt off people. So one of the reasons why Harley always had the belt put back on him is it was known that if you tried to fuck with Harley Race, he would fucking kill you and actually fucking could. Unlike Ric Flair and other wrestlers who didn't have their reputation, Harley Race definitely did. For God's sake, he got into the business being a guy working at a carnival at 14, and you got money if you could beat up the child. Good fucking God. Um, as well, and this is another horrific thing to say, the WWWF under Vince McMahon Sr. was trying to move away from what they called quote-unquote ethnic hero champions because it was causing too much violence at Madison Square Garden. Eolo. So the, I- the idea was bring in Superstar as a big heel and build up a bunch of baby faces, uh, including all-American boy Bob Backlund, who would take the belt. What happened when Superstar took the title uh, is he got way harder as a heel than anyone was expecting, and at this point, by the way, it's 1978. Who else is now working for Capital um, Promotions, which is Vince Sr.'s company? It's his son, Vince Jr., 
who sees a bleach blonde, muscle, balding, good promo, basic wrestler, literally captivating the crowd, and then argues with his dad for six months about taking the belt off of him. By the way, uh, Bob Backlund's subsequent title run, not a financial success. They had to spend a lot of money bringing in other people to keep the garden filled so that they didn't lose their shirts. Yes. Now, this is the, this is the thing where it's hard to imagine... It's hard to imagine Bob Backlund being that big of a prospect because he's like three years into his wrestling career and the NWA is already putting tabs on him for being like the next dude. In this era, there were two of like, these are the next red hot golden boys. Do you know who the other one was? Ricky Steamboat. Steve Kern. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't even know what happened to him. Sometimes they just don't work out like people forget rick flair was like rick flair was like a not, how would you describe him he was like a short fat guy and then a plane crash and he had to get into shape yeah he was basically he wanted to be dusty Rhodes's brother rambling ricky Rhodes, and yeah then they he nearly lost his entire body in a plane crash and so they had to get he had to get muscle and they were also like hey you know how you keep drinking and having sex with babes talk about that yeah, exactly. Okay. And he just became Mr. the 80s. But so it's it these things do come out of nowhere, much like how Batista was supposed to be the face of the WWF for the last 15 years and then John Cena was rapping and Stephanie McMahon overheard it and made that his character and now we have John Cena. So everyone thinks of John Cena being this like, you know what I mean? Everyone thinks of John Cena being the dude, but in reality, like, he was almost Alex Riley until they discovered this little thing he could do. So, he was just like a guy, he was this guy with a hot fucking dripping body uh, who was going to have a fucking, who was going to be in TNA for a while up until Stephanie McMahon found out he could rippity rap a rap sandwich. Um, we're going to take a break because we got to talk about Bob Backlund's five weird years as the WWF champion. And then we got to talk about Bob Backlund coming back and playing himself, which is a weird, a puritanical heel. All of that after the break. Ooh, in the break, we're going to jack it in our two separate places. I've been, uh... I've been sl- I've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is, so it actually makes my cock bigger. That's the start of this ad. Oh, Please go to Patreon.com/wrestlerreview <laughs> and donate and donate to us. Five dollars gets you exclusive access to our Patreon feed and episodes ahead of time. For twenty-five bucks, you can select a wrestler to review. One guy did buck Zumoff, who's a pedophile rapist, and we still reviewed him. God damn it, we have no allegiances. Go to Patreon to hear the buck Zumoff episode, also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review or rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. Throw yourself out a fucking window. Who gets a shit? What song is that from? I know, I know, I watched the music video on "Down with the Sickness" by Disturbed. Oh, yes, it's weird how much more how how successful "Down with the Sickness" are, by the way, or Disturbed are, but they're not Disturbed. No, they're named after their song "Down with the Sickness." Oh, you a band I really like, "Pretty Fly for a White Guy." You think of the Offspring? You know who's a really powerful, uh, and I'm glad he won the Oscar, is Good, Bad, and the Ugly theme. Yeah, his name, his name, her name is Lady Gaga. Um, <laughs> do you get it? This guy's good. Do you get it? <laughs> no, but I laughed anyway. 1977, Bob Backlund is in Vince J. McMahon's WWWF. He uh, goes over some people. They basically sink a full year into making sure Mr. Backland is nice, good, hard, sweaty, and over. He's pretty jacked up at this point. Oh, yeah. Leading me to believe that he starts his, like, weird calisthenics. I shouldn't say weird. He stops weight training a bit into his reign because he gets used to just being the champion. And the other thing is... What you have to understand about Bob Backlund's later career and why he takes time away from wrestling is his entire 
wrestling career at this point has been a straight shot up. Like if it's a roller coaster, the climb is very steep. It's great. He's not prepared to be anything but like a guy winning. It's so interesting also because it becomes Bob Backlund was essentially Vince McMahon's dad's Roman Reigns. The fans never embraced him. They had to work so hard to surround him with people people wanted to see them with. Wrestlers started actually openly alienating the champion and calling him things like Howdy Doody. And towards the end of his title reign, he also gave up. Like He was doing things like he changed the wrestling signets. As you said, he stopped, began losing muscle mass and changing his um, um, uh, presentation and, uh, and body mass definition. It's fucking crazy. Yes. he. So here we go. He... And it's actually the way the way he ends up beating Superstar for the title I thought was pretty cool in that he loses and then he has a double count out. Like he loses by count out the first time and then he has a couple double count out draws and then he beats Superstar by count out and then he eventually uh, beats Superstar Billy Graham. Billy Graham would basically go on to say when he was explaining to Bruno San Martino that uh, Backlund was winning. They both were like, this is the end of this business. <laughs> like, this is fucking stupid. And the other thing was Superstar said he was going to just pretend that he had a bad injury in the steel cage match he had with Bruno, and then Bruno would just walk out and then have to become the champion. Oh, shit. But this is also Superstar Billy Graham. Yeah. Superstar Billy Graham is also probably being fed misinformation or crazy information by Vince Jr., who wanted Superstar Billy Graham to hold on to the title. That's the other thing is no one expected Superstar to be as successful as he was because the WWW was never a heel champion territory. It was always the NWA that had a heel champion and Vince Sr. just wanted the belt off of him. Yes. And so this is the fun part is he sees Vince Sr. as like a father figure basically because obviously he's been given the ball by this guy and Vince Sr., Really wants this to be successful for exactly what you said, John. He's the clean-cut All-American boy. He's got red hair. He basically looks like a ripped... Bro- he looks like a buff Ron Howard. And that's basically what they wanted. Like, is ha- Happy Days is still on during this that's time? What, no, it's not. That's what Vince Sr. wanted. Okay. Bear in mind that, like... That's why I'm saying Vince. That's why I said he sees Vince Sr. as a father. Yeah, yeah that's what Vince Sr. wanted. But it's so many people were like, don't put the belt on. So many people, like Eddie Graham, most of Vince Sr.'s big confidants were like, don't put the belt on this guy. Put the belt on Steve Kern or keep it on Superstar. This guy's going to hurt your business. And the sad part about Bob Backlund's title run is it really did. Part of the reason why Vince Jr. Yeah, it's kind of a weird dead time. Vince Jr. was able to buy the company partly because his dad devalued it by being like, I promised the belt to Bob for four years and I stand by my promises. You can always tell who the most popular people were wrestling wise by who like during that time, the children that watched it and the casual fandom they had. Yeah. And I know it's a weird sample size, but anytime I hear Bill Burr talk about wrestling, he talks about two people. And keep in mind, this is a guy who was right in the heat of the WWF territory during the late 70s and early 80s. He talks about Teddy Atlas and he talks about Jimmy Snuka. That's it. He does not talk about Bob Backlund. Yeah. And that's exactly who they all. It's yeah, it is just it was superstar Billy Graham. It was Jimmy Snuka. If you were in the NWA, it was before Rick Flair. It would have been Dusty Rhodes. Like it's just weird. It shifts and adjusts. You big yeah, but like idiots. obviously you want the memorable guy to be your champion. Like you want the oh the Bob. Basically, it's the Bob Backlund show, but no one's treating it as such. Yeah, and why would you? Because the Bob Backlund show would just be a man sitting going, time for reflection, friends. Yeah, you don't know enough. So um, there's some weird stuff that does go on during his title reign, such as... um, A friend is just a stranger that hasn't got to know you yet. (laughs) A friend is a stranger who you haven't trapped in your happy place. Who wants to nut on me? Ooh, I nut without touching it. But he's a couple draws with Harley Race in WWF versus NWA title matches. He has a draw with superstar Billy Graham. Um, but here's the weird stuff I want to talk about. Oh, well, he does the I snap Bob Backlund thing because he's teaming with uh, Peter Maivia. Peter Maivia and, uh, turns on him and attacks Arnold Scotland, And Backlund goes nuts and says, I'm going to kill that son of a bitch. 
And they have a cage match in January uh, 1979. Also in that, I didn't know this. It's going to sound nuts, but I I shouldn't say I I forgot this. Um, But that steel cage match where Superfly does the splash, he was wrestling Bob Backlund. And that is a perfect... No, he wasn't. He was doing. He was wrestling Don Morocco. Well, he missed. Backlund's the one where he missed the top. The top rope. Splash. No, he misses with Morocco as well. Mor- the fun thing about that steel cage match is Morocco wins that match. Oh wow, that's cool. I think he may. It may have happened more than once. Wrestling is known to be like that was a good idea. When did we do it? Two weeks ago. Do it again. They'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the interesting thing. So, so uh, in 1979. Uh, Triple WF becomes WWF. And November 30th, 1979, uh, NWF heavyweight champion Antonio Inoki defeats Backlund in Tokushima, Japan to win the WWF title. Backlund then won a rematch on December 6th. However, WWF president Hisashi uh, Shinma declared the rematch a no contest due to interference from Tiger Jeet Singh and Inoki remained the champion. Anoki refused the title on the same day, and it was declared vacant. Back Backlund later defeated Bobby Duncan in a Texas death match to regain the title on December 17th. As Anoki refused the title, his reign is not included, nor is it recognized by WWE as in its official history. So that's probably another reason why he's not that strong. Obviously, due to the world at this time, no one knew this. And you're in Japan with Antonio Anoki, of course... They're going to make Anoki feel bigger than you, especially when you are like, at the end of the day, it's the biggest region, but a regional champion against the champion of Japan. And it's also, yeah, you can argue over the legitimacy of how actually, uh, but um, yeah, you're 100% right. Like, I'm always surprised with these sort of things that the wrestlers always fall for it, especially with Japan. Like, every wrestler's story is always like, and then Antonio Anoki just wore a crown and made me feed him lobster. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> exactly. Like, you're in the guy who was Hulk Hogan before Hulk Hogan's territory. Of course he's going to fuck you in your little... Yeah. Him and Giant Baba both make Hulk Hogan seem like a reasonable individual. Because well, Gi- he didn't... He was a wrestler. He didn't invent it. If Vince McMahon was also Hulk Hogan, that's probably the best way... The, sorry. The best, uh, the best analogy for this. That um, if there was no Hulk Hogan, Antonio Noki's ego would have actually just crushed America. <laughs> exactly. That Hulk Hogan saved us. That that big colorful racist saved us. Makes all. sense. <laughs> so another weird one was that uh, Backlund's heavyweight championship was held up in a match in New York City against Greg Valentine. Yeah, this after is the weirdest thing I've ever read in my life, because it was he was the champion everywhere but New York City, or it was only like I couldn't. Yeah. What the fuck? But apparently this was a usual thing where it's like, oh, he has to win back the New York-specific region of the title. So they would do this all the time to pop house show ratings and just not tell anybody. They would just, like, do it for just for the live gate. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my goddamn life. Yep. So. Oh, okay. I'm glad you agree. Oh, yeah, that's dumb. So, uh, we gotta skip ahead here because... We're running long because we made all those jokes about Bob Backlund's home life. Mm, I'll tell you what else is long. Bob Backlund's peen. That's what no one tells you. That's why all the wrestlers respect him. He's got the... He's got... Dave Batista's dick's dick looks like a baby's thumb next to his hog. <laughs> Here's a really good quote by Bob Backlund about Jimmy Snuka. In the ring, he was a genius. Out of the ring, he was an embarrassment to society. True say, Bob. Yeah. Although, that said, I feel like Bob Backlund's the kind of guy that travels with starch for when he's ironing a shirt. (laughs) Yeah, there's got to be a good middle ground between Mr. Snooker and Mr. Backlund, I suppose. But, I mean, the results of Mr. Backlund are probably better. First of all, alive. Second of all, no murders. Here's the middle ground between Bob Backlund and Jimmy Snooker, a person that doesn't like wrestling. That's what's in between those two things. That's so funny. That's so funny. (laughs) A guy with a normal life... The guy who occasionally flicks by wrestling and is like, goodness, all right, I'll have to go go, go have two Ritz crackers and then read a report. <laughs> Better not tell my significant other I masturbated to one of their exes. Mm. 
Just that's their big secret. And Backlund's like, they don't know about the bones. Both of both Jimmy Snuka and Bob Backlund have the same secrets they're trying to hide. Yeah, but Bob Backlund's way better at, at hiding them. And also Bob Backlund, he didn't have a relation. Well, Backlund did it sober. Why do you need booze to... F- why do you need booze to experience life fully? Yeah. Why do you need enhancement when you already are a god? Ba- Backlund, ba- Backlund wrote, writes that in every Bible he finds in every hotel room. Um. <laughs> so, all right, Backlund, 78 to 83. Here's the people he beats in these uh, in this stuff. Adrian Adonis, Cowboy Bob Orton, Big John Studd, Ivan Koloff, Magnificent Morocco. Like, this is quite a resume of people. Um, if we're starting to, obviously, superstar Billy Graham. He beats High Chief Peter Mayavita, uh, Ivan Koloff, uh, Spiros Aronis, who is like the uh, the evil Greek. Uh, you'll eat the feta. It's Yiro, not Gyro. Boo, it's Gyro. It's Yiro. <laughs> Screaming. So in the 80s, uh, they're doing okay, but like you said, Basically, he's wearing a singlet now to hide the fact that Bob Backlund is not either weight training or doing steroids as much as he did because he lost a significant amount of muscle mass. And the most important thing that happens is Vince Jr. buys the company and does his first big screw job, according to Mr. Bob Backlund. I mean, Backlund can fuck off. The insanity of what Bob Backlund's claims he was promised so basically backland says he would job to the iron sheik and it's actually really cool the way they of course he does lose the title to the iron sheik is he's in the camel clutch and then arnold skull and throws in the towel um he had just carried that towel to the ring for so many years that everyone had just kind of you know forgotten you could lose a match by throwing in the towel and it's a cool way for it's a cool way to get over a the baby face and b the heel is that he couldn't get out of the hold but uh, the manager didn't want to see him have any further damage. I thought it was great. And then later on, when they used with the Bret angle, I thought it was great, too. The Bret Hart Bob It was Backlund. such amazing storytelling. And also, it em- and it employed one of my favorite things in wrestling. And that is a massive alcoholic racist just not realizing that he was a massive alcoholic racist. Arnold Skoland. Also one of the secret uh, sh- shadow <laughs> owners of the WWF. Oh, Shadow. Yeah, him and Gorilla Monsoon both um, were basically given portions of the company and eventually bought out by Vince McMahon. They were Vince McMahon Sr.'s partners. They had jobs for life. Did you know that it was apparently proposed that Backlund just turn heel and then he could lose the title to Hogan, but Backlund refused to turn heel because of his daughter, which is interesting. Yeah. Because, of course, back in those days, you would have a lot of problems if you turned heel um, then your kids would get in shit from the other kids and he just didn't want his daughter to go through that because that's a lot of foresight because he's a family man first <laughs> and, uh, he just refused and he said he would wrestle Hogan as a baby face and he would have lost, but Vince didn't want that and basically wanted to cut ties with that era completely, which I totally, totally, totally understand. Like if you're going to the rock and wrestling yeah, era, so fucking smart it's also the fact that they bob acklin loses the iron cheek and then he's gone like you never it's he basically mid cards a couple yeah events and then he's done like he because he's there's no place for him anymore because that type of wrestler basically vince mcmahon jr is making an all-star team and bob acklin is not on the all-star team which is totally totally correct like he's not for what vince's vision of wrestling was and is you can't have a guy who can't do promos with another manager who also can't do promos. <laughs> Just two serious men. And now the part of the show that feels like work to get through. Here's Bob Blackland talking about milk. It's good for you. That's it. It's fucking, yeah. Bob, I would have liked to see Bob Blackland more involved in the ruthless aggression era, quite frankly. Oh, yeah? Where uh, Triple H takes off the mask and Katie Vick's body is actually Bob Backlund. And he goes, I feel so good mm, now. I guess we're married now, Hunter. <laughs> so here's what Bob says. As far as I know, the plan was for me to get the championship back from the Iron Sheik. And two weeks before the match, I was taken out and Hogan was put in. Exactly. Here's another one. If you watched it two weeks before the match, they took me out and put Hogan in. There's not much I could do about it. But it was an eye-opener for me. When Vince Sr. passed away, I should have just stopped. He was the one He was the one that 
was his character. He picked me. I was sort of his all-American boy. That sounds disgusting. And when he was gone, it was basically that the all-American boy was gone. I wasn't close to hardly anybody. I understand the saying, it's lonely at the top. He also claims that um, Vince Jr. promised him that he would have a one-year run with the title shortly after this. No, you didn't. No, you weren't. Why? (laughs) But this is the crazy thing. I don't understand why, like, Bob Backlund, basically after this, mid-cards a couple events, moves to Pro Wrestling USA, which was the joint promotion of the NWA and the AWA, and uh, then he's out of wrestling up until he does he does a surprise return for Herb Adams uh, UWF, um, and that's it. Like that's 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 the entirety of Bob Backlund's wrestling. Like he stops at the end, and he think what a good time for him to just stop being a wrestler. But then he comes back uh, in 1992 as, and this is for sure true what christopher hobson theorizes as a direct answer to the steroid scandal oh yeah that's a great fucking point is it basically that we got to go back to the guy that's literally the opposite of steroids someone that just takes your vitamins and he doesn't even say your say his prayers he screams them yeah exactly exactly oh you think we're all on steroids? What about this fucking guy? So, for those of you who don't know, the most terrifying episode of WWF Superstars occurs with Bob Back coming out in a suit and putting um, um, Bret Hart in a cross-faced chicken wing, and they sell it like that's the craziest move ever, and essentially they're just like, Bob Backlund's fucking nuts. He used to be the WWF champion. We don't know what the fuck's going to go on. They tell the whole story of the towel, cut to Survivor Series. They have a match. Brett versus Bob for the WWF title, uh, where the um, per- first person to throw the towel in loses, or that's like part of the thing. Either way, uh, Owen Hart convinces his mom to throw in the towel, con- loses him the WWF title because um, Owen does it because Owen and his brother were fighting, and Bob Backlund becomes the WWF champion for less than a day because then he loses it to uh kevin nash the next day at madison square garden do you know how he sold this uh power bomb by nash it's one of the fucking greatest things so they told bob back they told backland that the only thing he had to do was get the power bomb over like get his get his finisher over oh no sorry they said get his moves over and says the only move that he did was the power bomb uh he beats him in eight seconds nash does like literally the bell rings he kits him in the stomach power bombs and pins him and uh, then Backlund crawled, <laughs> holding his back, crawled all the way to the back. Like, he never stood up. He crawled on his stomach all the way to the back, on his hands, not using his legs, selling that his back was broken. That's really good stuff. God bless that man. But we should talk a bit more about the heel character Bob Backlund has. It's this puritanical, insane man who just uses large words with no context he just knows the words he wouldn't sign an autograph unless you recited all of the presidents of the united states in chronological order to him are you serious that's that was a rule that he had you address him as sir you address a woman as ma'am and this is honestly what he believes and as backlid said i became a heel because i was doing what i believed in which is the easiest way to do it and of course everyone's gonna be scared of bob backland basically was if anyone lives at a city center here bob backland was the guy holding the bible screaming at nobody looking straight forward and that was his character guy in front of the shitty entrance of a subway just yeah exactly that just feeling yeah repent screaming about jesus and you honestly don't feel bothered by the guy because he's not even making eye contact with anybody it's not like he's trying to sell anything he's just getting the goddamn message out of there and that's who bob backland's heel was character was and it fucking terrified me as a kid i'd never seen someone who just so clearly was a pedophile (laughs) like i was like i don't know that's the guy they're warning me about when i say don't take uh, candy from strangers that man wants me to have candy and he wants me it wants to get my little culo your use of Kulo near Bob Backlund would, I think, really piss him off. Bob Backlund seems like the kind of guy that didn't vote in the last election, but is still really likes Trump. Oh, he loves Donald Trump. He was very proud that Donald Trump was at his Hall of Fame induction. Oh, fuck. 
Of course he loves Donald Trump. And he seems like one of those guys. This is this is once again uh, Hobson uh, editorial, but I totally agree. Hobson said he seems like one of the guys who just believes Donald Trump is also a good person, which is the worst type of conservative. Where It's like he doesn't mean what he says. He didn't actually do that. Yeah. A Trump truther, baby. Whereas like Donald Trump's like, I grab women by the pussy and they love that shit. He's like, well, he doesn't do either of those. He doesn't pleasure a woman and he doesn't grab them by the vujus. We all know that women cannot feel anything there. That's just a wallet for my penis. Bob Backlund uh, credits his whole character to a Rush Limbaugh rant about ethics, which is always good. And not in the way that he saw Rush Limbaugh as a heel. Uh, direct quote, I went in there to the all-American boy again. But it was also the time that I said I wanted to be bad now. I wanted to be bad because the good guys were lying, cheating, and swearing. Let me be bad by being a good person. And I became a bad guy by being a good person. Now, no one really ever had any problems with Backland. Um, he loses the title. He loses a match to Bret Hart. Um, of course, uh, he loses an I quit match to Bret Hart to let Bret get his heat back. Also, Bret Hart is a very good man to let this old, pasty piece of shit go over him while he's the champion you know like he's in the crossface chicken wing for eight minutes and then his mom helen if you haven't watched the match i don't know if it'll translate now <laughs> because it is 2019 but watching it uh with new wrestling eyes it was quite quite an ordeal because mr backland was against my nice boy it's fantastic and they did even the backland heel turn was good because uh, Brett wins by like a sneaky small small package and tries to shake his hand afterwards because Brett would like kind of cheat sometimes in matches like he wasn't like a really super clean character and Bob Backlund so like refuses to shake his hand and then puts him in the chicken wing and Brett put that shit over so good too man that was the crossface chicken wing Bob Backlund's facials of it and the move itself really was amazing and it, he got through to kids in a way that he didn't get through in 1970s when his move was just like here's the pile driver i look like a victim it's yeah yeah he tried to stage his own invasion of ecw um and here's some tommy uh what do you i i read that in the research how did i miss this i had no idea this was a thing oh yeah he tried to invade ecw and they just threw him out but did they know he was coming, or was it literally like he showed up himself and was like, I'm doing this? Yeah, pretty much. He pretty much just tried to shoot his own angle on how it's not puritanical and how evil the wrestling is and all and shit like that. And the only quote I have about it is from Backland, which is probably not... Like, no one ever tells the truth when they lose a fight. Yeah, but he was like, oh, he was uh, he was at the advantage because he's faster than me and <laughs> better at fighting. Uh. Also, like, imagine Bob Backlund just walking into the ECW locker room. Like, he would never stop throwing up. <laughs> yeah, he's just a Sandman doing heroin into his toes. Sir. Ran out of veins, Bob. Sir, that's that's harmful to your body. Yeah, I know. I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll wrap this up a bit, but Bob Backlund... Um, Started managing the Sultan with his old nemesis, the Iron Sheik, and that was short-lived. He also did a couple angles, very funnily enough, that he was the manager for Kurt Angle and taught him the crossface chicken wing. And then later on, he was the manager for Darren Young, if you remember that I don't guy, remember any and taught him the crossface chicken wing. And Darren Young was the first openly gay wrestler in WWE they had on the roster. So what did they do? Did they say he was openly gay and that was fine? No, they put him with Bob Backlund, who he couldn't tell he was gay to. <laughs> is that homophobic Bob Backlund is? He doesn't know what that is. I like I like men. I appreciate a gentleman as well. <laughs> so they had uh, in the... In the reason why uh, I sleep yeah, with cool. men, I've shared a bed with a man. Keep keep kept me warm on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the reason why TNA and Impact Wrestling was so shit for so many years, Alex Shelley and Austin Starr had a match, and that was Austin Aries. Bob Backlund comes out and reviews the match, gets both of their names wrong a bunch of times, and Alex Shelley takes umbrage to this, and then Bob Backlund. Beats him in a match. <laughs> Fair and square. And then uh, Alex Shelley uh, 
and I think Alex Shelley and uh, Chris Sabin beat Bob Backlund in a match. Bob Backlund and I forget who, but that's how they get their win back. Not even straight up. Oh, God. Anyway. It was me, by the way. Oh, it was you, Bob Backlund and John Hastings? The Red Boys. Mm, We can't go in the sun, but we can go into your bedroom for reading quietly. Nice. (laughs) So I want to share this story about Bob Backlund. It's long, but it's a very good story about one fan's interaction with Bob Backlund. Then we'll do best and worst, and then we'll uh, drive a car off a bridge together while holding hands, Thelma and Louise style. Go on. Explain. Back in 1999, I went to a WWF house show at Madison Square Garden. Midway through, an undercard announcement was made over the PA saying, Former wrestling legend and candidate for Connecticut Congress, Bob Backlund, will be doing a meet and greet in Section 119. Being from Connecticut and that I had seen Backlund wrestle back in 1994 at my first live event, I decided to head to Section 119. Backlund is standing there with his wife and an aide shaking hands, taking photos and talking about his platform at a small crowd that was lined up to shake a, to, for a picture and uh, shake Backlund's hand. Uh, to summarize... This kid's in line. He's going to say, he's going to tell Bob Backlund about the first time he saw a wrestling event, and then he saw Bob Backlund at the wrestling event. But then a kid in front of him uh, talks about when he saw Bob Backlund at his first wrestling event, and Backlund didn't care at all. But then he thinks, okay, well, maybe to get him to like me, I'll talk about how my parents live in Connecticut and that they all vote for him. So he says, uh, Mr. Backlund, even though I can't vote, I am from Connecticut and will get my parents to vote for you. He asks me where I live and I tell him Stanford. He tells me he is running in Glastonbury and that I am not in his voting district. I reply that my grandmother lives in that district and I will get her and all her friends to vote for you. Backlund lights up like a kid on Christmas. I think that over the course of this meet and greet, Bob realized that a campaign stop in Manhattan is not the best way to get votes in central Connecticut. At this point, Backlund pulls me aside to tell him the high points of to tell me the high points of his campaign. The only thing I remember from this speech is that Backlund says he will have people save energy by lowering the thermostat and putting on a sweater. I don't care much about his platform and I'm willing to listen if he can take a picture with me. My wish is granted, and I hand a disposable camera to a babysitter. This is a device standard. This is great. And stand next to Backlund in front of the autograph table. At this point, Bob throws me on the table. This kid's 14, applies his signature move, the cross-faced chicken wing, and I feel pain like I have never had in my life. Both my arm and my neck breaking at the same time. Noticing I am in agony, Backlund demands I tap out, which I think I was already doing. I stand up, broken and defeated, to walk away. Backlund turns to me and says, kid, remember, wrestling isn't fake, and don't forget to tell your grandmother to vote. Bob fucking Backlund. Wow. He put a child in his finishing move, and fucking goddammit, he's not going to kayfabe that little piece of yeah. shit, you little turd. How about this? You give me your grandma's fucking phone number, and then you go to the store and don't get me any condoms, because I'm coming over whenever the hell I By want. By the way, the reason why you wouldn't get any condoms for Bob Backlund is because he's not going to have sex with her. He's just going to politely remind her to fucking vote for me. Yeah, turn down that thermostat, put on a sweater. Boom. That's my campaign slogan. Yeah, Dylan, best thing about Bob Backlund. I don't think you're going to beat mine. Mine, I've been thinking about it the entire episode. Uh, someone has to say it. Crossface chicken wing. Great, great move. And in the sign of a great, great move, only he has done it very well. Like, there's only Bob Backlund. That move is so cool, and it's only when Bob Backlund does it. Kurt Angle doing it was shitty. Darren Young doing it was shitty. Everyone else makes it look like this old shitty move, except for Bob Backlund, who makes it look fucking awesome somehow. Somehow he does that. What's yours? Um, he's somehow the craziest person who's been in the WWF in the last 30 years, and he is sober, doesn't drink, and hasn't killed anyone in his family. If you were just to write down the nuts and bolts of what he does in a day, it sounds super normal but then hearing him talk he's yeah he's fucking nuts like it's 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 totally fine for you to meditate but when you're doing meditative things because you're just trying to keep the dogs of war at bay in your head that's a real problem (laughs) that's pretty much it i'd say the worst thing about bob backland is um is probably his promos during his first run in the wwf he was a really not a good champion. There were a lot of more colorful characters. I think one of the things that Vince McMahon Jr. did, you can say this, it's not even 
close. It's not even close to what he did better than his father is recognize all the colorful characters in the territory and recognize that they were the people that stood out. They were the characters that stood out to not only kids but adults. And that's what people wanted out of wrestling because wrestling had gone past the point of a guy like Bob Backlund where it's just, it's Bob Backlund. He's a good wrestler. Like, everyone knows it's fake. No one would go off the ropes in a real fight. Like, let's just sit, tell everyone it's fucking fake and then have a policeman fight a garbage man. What's yours, you big asshole? I got down to a few. I think it, my worst thing is that he's lying about um, all the things he was promised by Vince Sr. It just really takes away from his legacy. He would be the sort of untarnished, fun, crazy man of wrestling, but when he's like bitter against Vince Jr. and shit, I'm just like, oh, fuck you. Oh, and he... Oh, and he hates women and gays. That's the other worst thing. I have no evidence that he hates those people, but you know he does. Yeah, I just don't even think he would speak. He would He would never speak the name of a gay person. He's that hateful. <laughs> I will never say it. Yeah, he refers to Liberace as that piano-playing sissy. Yeah, exactly. That's what. That's when he quit the WWF. He understood that Vince McMahon had talked to Liberace Yeah, before. he was very, he was just like, what? That's that's why he uh, he he blamed that on losing his muscle mass as he was trying to get rid of as much attractiveness as possible for fear someone would find love in his asshole. <laughs> John, what do you have to promote? Because goddamn it, as of this episode, you're married now. Unless you leave at the altar, runaway bride style. Cool. Find out next week if I did runaway bride style. Um. um take off uh ladies and gentlemen i'm getting married october 12th add to the patreon so i can afford a honeymoon god damn it yes add to the patreon we're gonna do the uh fashion show as well Oh yeah, remember f- f- three three months five grand a month 15 grand total fashion show <laughs> fashion Fa- show wrestler- no 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 wrestler review fashion show main judge yes lanny poffo Lanny Poffo, judging a fashion show. That's our new goal. Lanny Poffo, Colt Cabana. We need 15 grand from... <laughs> I think Cabana will do it for free, but I think Poffo is going to be I got news for grand. you. If we're paying Poffo, we got to pay Cabana. That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> but just, we'll just time it for when ROH is in town. Dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, give us 15 grand so we can have the Wrestler Review fashion show. or be- Perfect. Not run at a profit for us at all. Not run no, at a profit whatsoever. All Fifteen grand on the show. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, please rate and subscribe. I know I don't say that very often, but it does help. Tell your friends. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review to invest money in the sick ass fashion show. And uh, Twitter and Instagram is at Wrestler Review, all one word, at Wrestler Review. And Facebook is The Wrestler Review Podcast. We don't post on there very often because I'm too lazy to get funny clips from the show. So if you guys want to email the time signatures of your favorite clips from the show, I'll fucking cut that shit up and put it online. Why not? Do my work for me, please. Thanks so much for listening, guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. I've been Dylan Gott. That is John Hastings. Goodbye. <laughs>